What's up? What's going on? What's up with Iggy? Everyone's asking what's up with Iggy Igloo. Everyone's asking what's up with Iggy Igloo. I'ma show ya. What's up? This is Iggy Igloo. Welcome to What's Up with Iggy Igloo. Hope you're doing all right. Hope you've been having a good week. Thanks for checking it out. Before you do anything, subscribe to the podcast. Click on the RSS feed button. It'll take you to whatever you use to stream your podcast, and it'll help you keep up to date on what's happening in the igloo been doing pretty good it's been an all right week it's still super cold out it is the throes of winter the actual winter and not the fall winter that we um sometimes experience in the in the earlier months of what we think would be winter but it's actually this month of February that is the winter but it's starting to it's starting to turn around we're getting closer to spring it's exciting it's been um the cold has slowed me down i haven't had guests for a little while it's a lot of work for me to um keep my ship rolling and keep everything going smoothly in my life while organizing interviews that's a a lot of work and I don't have those kinds of resources so I've got enough uh I got enough that I could talk about and um share with you guys for indefinitely really so I'm not too worried about it i will get back to having other people on the show here before too long because i do enjoy sharing my platform that's a big part of the creative world is lifting each other up and the main reason i am building this show and this platform for myself is to to lift up my friends I've got a, a so many amazingly talented friends in my life that I know and have met throughout my travels that I just want to want to share with all of my other friends because I have been known to jump circles you don't go I don't I don't subscribe to the click environment I have always tried to avoid that and be friends with as many people as I can from as many different backgrounds as I can because it is such a beautiful world full of so many awesome folks such as yourself and it's a shame to Deny yourself new experiences just because of 
how you think your friends should be. My opinion on that, at least. At least a, li- a little bit. Anywho, it is towards the end of February. This It's the 20th now. This will be being published on February 21st. February 22nd marks the three-year anniversary of the eviction of the Ocheri Shakowin and the Standing Rock No Devil camp. It, um, I would like to talk about that this week because it's a, it's very important. It is very important what happened there, what is still happening for many many people, many of the indigenous people on this continent right now, they're going through it in the Wet'suwet'en territories in what they call Canada. And I follow along with that. I've been um, kind of um, focusing my energies on my community here in Colorado Springs this past year or so, but I do try to keep the my indigenous brothers and sisters in the forefront of my mind. So three years ago, they asked everybody to come to Standing Rock to um, stand in the way of them building a pipeline dangerously close to the reservation up there, the Standing Rock Indian Reservation. It straddles the border of North and South Dakota. Very beautiful country up there. Beautiful, um, beautiful land. Some nice folks as well. Home of the Hunk Papa. It's a band of the Ocheri Shakawan what um what um colonized folks call the Sioux. That is not what they are. They're the Lakota, Dakota, Nakota um people. Really very beautiful people. They have been through so much in their history. I am sure if you are friends with me or at least familiar with it. If you're not, check out Sitting Bull. He was a pretty cool dude. He was a pretty cool dude. Had a lot of cool, a lot of uh, great wisdom. Well, so they asked people to come and stand in front of this pipeline back three years ago. And it started around August or September. Maybe a little before that. But I think the main catalyzing event was when the security forces sicked their dogs on the unarmed um, water protectors, is what what were called. Um, A lot of us... Amy Goodman was there with Democracy Now! when that happened, and it went pretty viral. 
um, and a lot of people saw that, and it was a universal cry for action, call for action, and so many of the, so many people from all around the country and world showed up in solidarity with the Lakota and Dakota people in North Dakota there. When, whenever that happened, I was hosting Planet Groove on KRCC. I hosted that show for six years there. Uh, I sure do miss it, but that's not why I'm here. I was hosting that show every Tuesday from 8 to 10. I had missed one show in six years uh, because I was in the hospital. It was a volunteer it was a volunteer gig. I just did it for the love of the show. I just was so honored to be able to share my love of music from all around the world with the people of Southern Colorado. It was really great, really beautiful. I had such an amazing relationship with my listeners. It was, it's beautiful even still years later I'm reminded every day everywhere I go of what that show meant to folks and that's really the main reasoning that I started this podcast was to give uh, give the folks that miss my my content a place to find um, what's going on with me, because I, I enjoy sharing about my life with, with folks, and I enjoy sharing my love of music with the people of the world as much as I can. You know, we're all, we're all human. But so I was hosting that show, and I saw what was going on, and I really was, um, really felt that fire to, to do something, and I, I thought, I thought a lot at the time of what I should do, what I could do to help in the efforts up there to raise awareness on it, and I thought that maybe I could, could use my show to help raise awareness, and then, but there's, a lot of um there's a lot of lines that I did wasn't uh comfortable crossing with the with the radio station you know I'm super grateful for KRCC that they gave me that show and the platform to to spread that cultural diversity to educate people on the music of the world and maybe open their minds up to different cultures. I feel like that's a a great way to do that is by music. We all make music of some kind or another. But I didn't I don't didn't want to jeopardize that relationship that I had built with KRCC and I know that getting on a soapbox on a 
really uh, might might uh, come across uh, some kind of way, you know. And so I thought, and I was like, well, maybe if I just went there and I hadn't missed a single show in six years, and so if I just left and went there, that people would wonder where I had gone, and they would find out that I went to Standing Rock, and they would think about it and make up their own mind instead of having me yelling at him about it, um, you know, uh, basically. Um, so that's what I did. I went in October. I, I did a preliminary run out there with one of my friends to bring some, a load of donations down for the people. And I came back and I did a, a drive here in the Springs to get, uh, to get the materials to help the people through the winter. And I went back for the long haul. In October, I left on, I got there on Indigenous Peoples Day in October 10th or 11th, whatever day that is. And I left on Eviction Day, which was February 22nd, which is um, coming up, which is why I'm speaking on this now. It was really a beautiful time, uh, my time at the Sichangu Oyate camp, the Rosebud camp. I stayed mainly in a prayer camp and helped with a an anipi there, brought the stones in and watched the fire for uh, many, many lodges. It was a enormous blessing for um for for me to have that opportunity to go through that and I am eternally grateful. It was very beautiful long hard winter. Long and hard winter. Oh man, if you think that winters in Colorado are hard, you should see how it goes in North Dakota. I don't think it got above zero degrees for a whole two months that I was the the um through that winter and uh I stayed in a tent most of that time in a canvas wall tent with a wood stove. <coughs> well so when it came time for like we we knew about the that the eviction was coming up about a month ahead of time and you know thanks to the beautiful and generous hearts of most of humanity there were mountains of um winter gear and camping gear that had been brought by people from all over the world mountain like the big army tents that were just completely full of winter clothes from, you know, all of the different sizes and whatever you needed. It was it was there. It was around. You just had to say the word and it would usually just appear. It was a beautiful, beautiful time. The prayers there were strong and they came true. So there was all of these 
donations that that were there and the eviction was looming and so the people were doing their best to bring get the get the donated the donations the winter gear off of the out of the campsite and distributed to the different reservations in the Dakotas because the people in those reservations they have they have they have it um pretty 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 bad off it's it's difficult to um verbalize with with these words um how bad some folks on the reservation really have it you know there's a, a lot of people on the reservation that have it all right that that don't that don't care for these um colonial uh niceties is a way to put it which is beautiful which is you know um how i strive to live to an extent you know it is 2020 and i live in colorado colorado well so we were trying to um organize a lot of these don um goods to get to um reservations and so there was a lot of trucks box trucks and um all kinds that we would load up and take take out to um other reservations you know Cheyenne River the vill- the towns in in Standing Rock Rosebud Pine Ridge you know um in some of those uh uh hard hard hit communities you know some of those uh counties are the poorest counties in the country per capita or something there's numbers that I could pull up if I wanted well, so they would take a load out, and then the truck would come back to bring some more. And the BIA had set up um, roadblocks and checkpoints, and they wouldn't let any vehicle with any kind of even supposed camping gear. If they saw a tent stick in your car, they wouldn't let you into the camp. And about a month before the eviction, they made it to where they wouldn't let any truck back in. And so there was all of these um all of these donations that were like in this in the snow, you know, cuz it would a blizzard would come and we would do our best to get everything organized and it was it was a crazy time. It's still still 3 years late later it's um a lot to process you know and and so we um we did our we did our best you know we went and and got everything as much as we could cleaned up and on eviction day i took uh my the RV I had at the time, Sweet Thunder, I dug it out. It took me a week to dig out of the snowbank I was buried in and dug it out. And I 
drove back to Colorado Springs. I said, my, um, see my doksha, akes, my see you laters to that reservation in that camp. And I came back home after some months in on the prairie. Um, came back. It was a, a bit of a rough transition um, after I got back from that camp life that first couple of weeks. I ended up going to Taos for a couple of months to help uh, decompress of sorts. And even later, I was asked back to Standing Rock to help with the main cleanup. A lot of the the um, bigger stuff got moved to a safe camp, and we uh, spent a couple of months um, working to get all of that back to Cheyenne River, and that was a, a, a great blessing for me to be able to um, spend that time in the cleanup because it just broke my heart that I couldn't do more to help with the cleanup initially in February. Now it's uh, three years later. Um, the pipeline has leaked a few times. You know, we just, I just, um, I don't want to get too political about it. I just wish that the indigenous people of this country had a say in, in how their land is used, you know, because that was the initial problem is because of the indigenous people are overseen by the BIA as a part of the Department in, of Interior, and they don't have rights to negotiate how the minerals on the land that they own is used because it's overseen by the BIA through the Department of interior as a form of wildlife. That's why native people have to prove their blood quantum is because the government treats us as wildlife. And that's wrong. I, you know, that's uh, dehumanizing. That's why they did it. That's why they stuck the natives on the reservations. And I'd like to see better relations with natives and non-natives because that Matakwe Oyas and that all my relations is very beautiful and it is very true. I believe that with my heart that we are all related here on this earth. You know, we all live here together and the better that we can live in peace and harmony, the better off we all are as humans and as beings living on this earth that is here in the universe you know it's um it's about that's about it i um i'm going to sing a song for you uh that i wrote at Stanley Rock it's uh called big money it's the only acoustic guitar song that i wrote there while I was at camp. So without further ado, here is 
I would first like to thank you for listening and being supportive. I know that it is a bit of a ramble, a bit of a rambling episode, but it is very important to my heart to express these things and because it is a very important for humanity that we all went through what we went through at Standing Rock or from wherever you were because if you're a human being living in the United States of America, Standing Rock affected you without a doubt. And so I will say Kuyanakpak, thank you very much for your ears and your time. Here's a song for you. Thank you very much. So I was walking through the Rosebud Mess Hall one day with my guitar in hand. When on my way to sing some songs for one of the aunties. When Rosebud Rob saw me and he asked me if I could play him a song for them there at the Rosebud Mess Hall kitchen. It's standing rock during the night apple camp. Well, I'm kind of in a hurry, you know, got somewhere to be. He said, oh, come on, man, what do you do, carry that thing around for looks? I thought about it for a second, and I don't really carry my guitar around for looks. That thing is kind of bulky, you know? So I sat down, and I got my guitar out, and I started playing my favorite chord progression, thinking of what song I was going to sing for him there in the Rosebud Mess Hall, on that side of the Cannonball River. When somebody in the back of the tent shouted out, Big money! And I was like, yeah, big money, uh uh-huh. Yep, big money. Like when you play at your local coffee shop for four hours for 25 bucks and a $10 tab. And you don't even get free refills on your coffee. Mm -hmm. Big money. Yep, like when you play at your local dive bar for an hour and a half and you get 75 bucks. You gotta do a month's worth of promotional work ahead of time with the bar manager breathing down your neck every other day about it. Big money, yep. Or like whenever you get to open up for a local festival on the streets in downtown and you get your own parking spot and you can hang out in the green room tent and get cold water and fresh fruit all day. Big money, yep. And there's those times when the label wants you to open up for a worldwide arena touring act. And you visit the world, go around in every venue. They have set up for you whatever you want there in the green room to make you feel comfortable. That's what this song's about. What I want on my rider. Seven peanut butter jelly sandwiches with the corners cut off and the edges still on. I want a pot of chamomile tea. Next to that, I want a pot of Darjeeling. Next to that, I want a pot of your finest pejuta sapa. Oh, kalapi. That's coffee for you non-Lakota speakers. Black and strong. I want you to cook that coffee down over a campfire for three days. I want that coffee so strong. When I take a sip of it, it'll send me into space. What I want on 
color TV with the Nintendo Entertainment System and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles video game. I really like playing around in the sewers before I go on. You know what I mean? What I want in my rider when I'm playing them stadiums. What I want on my rider when I open up a That's our show for this week. Thank you very much for listening. I'll be back next week with more stories, adventures, and songs. All of that. Keep keep it tuned. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Share it with your friends. Check out IggyIgloo.com. I've got all kinds of music and cool stuff up there. There's a tip jar at the bottom of the page. Click on that. Throw a few bucks in the till. It would help immensely. I appreciate you all for the love and support. I'm happy to be your friend. Until next time, remember, love your life, love your music, love your family. And don't forget to drink some water. That stuff's good for you. Take it easy.